Hey, Martin Sharp, the Fit for Business, Fit for Life coach here, and I hope you're going to enjoy this next amazing episode of Road to Rediscovery by the amazing Aubrey Johnson. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Our lives are laid out on a road of bumps, turns, struggles, and more. How do we respond? How do we endure adversity for learning and growth? I'm Aubrey Johnson, and we'll explore these questions and more on the Roads Rediscovery. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Roads Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. The Roads Rediscovery is about reflecting on life lessons to learn and grow from them, and of course, pay it forward and uplift others who are struggling through dark times. Now, as you know, on the Road to Rediscovery, we are very passionate about delivering quality content for you and your personal growth. If you like what you hear, please visit roadsrediscovery.com slash donate. That's road, the number two, rediscovery.com slash donate. We'll give you a shout out in a future episode. And as always, there is no obligation. We are truly, truly grateful for your listenership. So as you know, this podcast has been in, in existence for over four years with scores of absolutely amazing guests sharing their stories of overcoming struggles, tremendous pain, and heartbreak, right, uh, in their life's journey. I extend to them the utmost respect, adoration, and humility for having the strength, vulnerability, and resolve to tell their story on this show. I don't want to speak for my guests, and I never would, but I feel and I think they would agree that in our life's journey, we are put in certain situations, good or bad, for a specific reason, and we may not yet know what that reason is. I know there are many, many types of faith, but I believe God has a plan and a path for all of us, and it's not promised to always be smooth sailing, right? I believe he also gives us the free will to respond to setbacks, how it comes natural to us, but strongly encourages our faith in him. Now, these that I'm saying are just words, but I truly try my best to live by these words. I want to introduce a very, very special guest who's the very embodiment and essence of living this way. Hers is a story of immense foundation and faith and inspiration, but also abuse from a very young age, pain and struggle. And if those struggles aren't enough, she has been diagnosed with a rare terminal neurological condition called multi-system atrophy or MSA. She hasn't let it stop her though. She's authored her book, Unexpected Moments, with a foreword written by none other than Kirk Cameron. And I'll let her tell you that story when we get to it. Listen closely to her story, to her journey and her message to us as she is steadfast in carrying out her true, true purpose. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Daisy Page to the show. Daisy, hello, welcome to the show. It is so great to have you here. Hi, Aubrey. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me on your show today. Oh, absolutely. No, we, we are grateful for you coming on the show for sure. So we have a lot to unpack here, Daisy. Um, you have an absolutely tremendous uh, journey. Uh, and uh, from from the preliminary chat that we had a while back, um, just just tapping into a sliver of it, um, you know, does it know justice to your true story? Uh, so can we start by giving the listeners some context in the early part of your journey, let's say from childhood to early adulthood? Sure. All right. Be happy to tell you that. Um, so that's actually where my story begins. Um, I thought my real, my stepmom was my real mom until I was about nine years old. And we had been going to church every Sunday, every Sunday evening, every Wednesday. She was the pianist at the church. So mm -hmm. um, I love church. I got my Bible out every morning if, before school if I had time mm -hmm. and every evening and did Bible devotions. Mm -hmm. um, 
went to church camp. I mean, church was my extracurricular activity as a child, you know, was learning. I had, I read the Bible from the front to the back by the time I was nine years old. Wow. Mm. And I won second place in the state of Texas Bible drill. Mm-hmm. Um, I could not wait for church camp. I always wish there was more than one church camp a, a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and vacation Bible school. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, nine years old, I was, I was saved at eight. But nine years old, I went to um, my grandmother's house. And I noticed this picture of a woman on the wall that I had never seen. And it was very... I don't know, something about this picture, you know, the eyes would follow you when you walk mm. across the room, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it just drew me in, and so I asked her, I said, Grandmother, who is that woman in the picture, and she just left the room, and I thought, well, that was kind of strange, you know, well, well a few minutes later, my, my dad and my mom pull up in the car, in the car and mm-hmm. um, my dad comes in, but mom mom stays outside on the on the hood of the car mm-hmm. and daddy comes in he says I, I need to tell you something your mother's gone to heaven to be with the angels mm. and I said no you know and I saw her outside sitting on the hood of the car so I ran out there to her and I grabbed her by my by her legs and I said mom you need to come inside with me please they're saying that you're dead come t- come tell me come with me tell me tell them that you're not dead mm-hmm. so we got in there and he said Jolie's your your stepmom she didn't give birth to you the woman in the picture her name is Karen and that is your own mom and she she's gone to heaven to be with the angels and, oh. and God mm. so that opened up a whole new world for me you know it turned my world upside down right right um I had a younger sister, which was um, my half-sister at that time. I found, I figured out that, too. My brother was five years older than me. Mm-hmm. So we were both you know, Karen and my dad's biological children. Mm-hmm. And my brother started abusing me after I found out the truth. Mm-hmm. He was the one who sexually abused me and emotionally abused me. Mm. My aunt caught him sexually abusing me the first time he did it, and she took us in the living room, and we knelt down, and we said a prayer. Mm -hmm. And I heard her say, you know, hopefully this childhood curiosity will not continue. Mm. Please, Lord, you know. Yeah. So it continued and since she had just did nothing but pray, I thought I wasn't supposed to say anything about it, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, he continued for four and a half years. Oh, my. And he would tell me, um, our mother's dead because of you. If you would never have been born, she would still be alive. And I was just a baby when she died, so I... I just started believing, well, Alpha, I wasn't born, and yeah, she'd be alive, you know, if it wasn't for me. So I just had that drilled into my head, you know. Right. Um, it's just something that a, child, a baby shouldn't think that they, that they killed their mother. Their mother's dead because of them. Um, she was killed in, a, she, she was working. She was an escort driver for over, oversized loads. Yeah. And she needed to trade spots with the lady in the front because she didn't know where she was going. Right. And my mom did. So when she went to go trade places, an um, oil taker came around and hit her and killed her. Oh, my goodness. So, oh, man. Um, thankfully, my brother moved out. He joined the, the Air Force, and he moved out when I was 14. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was in high school at this time, you know, still in church, didn't give up my faith because of what was going on. Right. And I got my first boyfriend in the ninth grade. 
and I, yeah. I, I liked him so much. Well, mm-hmm. One year, we had a um, we were snowed in for like two weeks, and in Texas, that's a big deal. People mm-hmm. in Texas, if it snows, it's it's closed down. You know. That's right. <laughs> so we didn't go to school for two weeks. And the, um, the roads were clear enough, so my mom, my stepmom was, and I do call her mom because she's been my mom since, you know. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but she went to town and went to the grocery store. And my boyfriend, Harry, he wanted to know if I wanted to come over and just listen to some music with him and hang out because I hadn't seen him in two weeks because we hadn't been to, to school. Right. So I said, yes, so I, I snuck out of the house and I went with him and um, his brother asked me if I wanted to see his stereo system and check it out. So, so I said, sure. And I went to go check it out. Well, then Harry came in and his brother left the room and I tried to leave the room and he grabbed my, my arm and um, he Assaulted me, you know. He okay. Ran. Yeah. Um, and then a little bit later, I found out my grandma to live next door, which was my my sad mom's mom. She know, knew that I snuck out. Mm-hmm. And so, um, there was a guy at, at our school hangout store, and as a teenager back in my day. You could buy a pack of cigarettes if you were five years old, you know. Sure, yeah. And teenagers, the thing to do was smoke cigarettes. You were cool, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I smoked cigarettes, and there was a guy at the store named Diego, and he um, asked me out, and I told him no. And so, there was about few other girls, I'd say about eight or nine other girls that he had asked out and they had all turned him down. So he began to lace us with PCP and LSD. Oh my. But we didn't know it. No. He was injecting in our um, cigarettes. Most of us smoked. And the first time he dosed me was, you remember those single um, grape or sour apple gums? Yeah, yeah, I remember those. Well, he asked me if I'd like a piece of gum, and he gave me a sour apple gum, and it was injected. Well, when I took put it in my mouth, I noticed my tongue got numb. Yeah. And I, I didn't, didn't feel right, so I spit the gum out. Well, it was too late by that time, of course. Oh, it set in, yeah. So it went on for a couple of months, actually. You know, I started having hallucinations. Yeah. I started passing out, and um, they would do tests on me and couldn't figure out why. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in the band, and we were doing a marching during the halftime show. Yeah. And I played the baritone, and I we did a, an about face, and I saw the band as an army with weapons chasing after me. Oh my goodness. So I ran off the field. I mean, mm-hmm. like Forrest Gump. Yeah, yeah. Run, Forrest, run, you know. <laughs> I ran. Right. I, I ran through the parking lot across the street into this lady's um, yard and hid in her bushes. And she was, she called the police on. My dad was a police officer. She said something. Someone's in the bushes with something shiny. I don't know. It could be a weapon. I, I'm scared. So my dad was the one that was called out on the scene. Oh, my goodness. Really? Yeah. So he's yeah. like, stand up and put your hands up. And he had his gun drawn. Mm. He realized it was me. He put his gun away. He said, what are you doing? I said, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know why I'm here. Mm-hmm. And he put me in the car and we went to the hospital. This time they did a spinal tap. And yeah. that's where they found the PCP and the LSD. 
Oh my goodness. So my dad started watching other girls and they were doing the same thing as I was doing when I was passed out. Um, they put it together everything together and realized that this guy was lacing us all and so when they went to arrest him he pulled a gun out on an officer and was shot and killed oh my goodness so when my dad wow. came home and told me that story mm-hmm. I thought again it was my fault right so I tried to take my own life mm-hmm. and um, I was put into a mental health institute. Mm-hmm. And I shared my story with my therapist. And she had a session with me, my brother, and my father. Mm-hmm. And while we were in there, she told me to tell them what had happened. My grandmother thought I was passing out and stuff because I snuck out of the house that day and she thought I had done something there so I had I told her no that's not what it was about I'll tell my dad and mom when it's time right when I feel it's time Uh so in a therapy meeting um, I told them first about the rape and my brother said who is he I want to go and you know kick his butt and I looked at my brother and I said why what you did was way worse oh yeah yeah absolutely i put up with abuse for you with from you for five years almost Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what are you talking about i'm like you raped me repeatedly you know i thought that's that's the only word for it Mm -hmm. you raped me over and over and over and he said i did it once he admitted I did it one time. You're, you've got your head in your head. You're mixed up. You're delusional, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, the therapist told my brother to leave the room, and mm-hmm. she told my father. She said, "This isn't a lie. She wouldn't make this up." You know, right. I, I can tell this is truth. Your, your son abused her for for all these years. Yeah. Yeah. And he not only physically abused her, but he emotionally abused her, telling her that it was her fault that her mother was killed. Right. Well, my father didn't believe it. Um, he mm. couldn't believe that his own son could do something like that to his daughter, you know. Right. And I didn't know at the time, but they didn't. My stepmother never knew. So I thought when I was at home after I got out, that I just didn't have any support at home. It was just kind of brushed under the rug and nothing was ever said about it again. I see. My brother was gone, of course, you know. Right, right. I felt unwanted at home. You know, I I don't, God, why are you doing this to me? Why am I being punished? Mm -hmm. I'm a devoted Christian. I want to do nothing but learn and live for you. That's right. And he he spoke to me again in, in my heart, and he told me to rededicate my life. That he I was going to have a huge testimony to share with the world someday. Kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier, you know. Yeah. So yeah. church, I went to church and I rededicated my life, and I thought. God, I don't have a story. He goes, you you do. You're going to have a story that you're going to share with the world. You're going to inspire others. You'll see someday. Wow. Well, here we are. Yeah, yeah, here we are. And, and, and so did this message, through all your ups and downs of your journey, Daisy, um, was this a consistent message that the Lord was putting on your heart? Or did the message evolve over time? Um, you know, his message to you, did it evolve over time? Um, you know, where he explains to you that you will have a story, you know, and, and, and when, the, when the time is right, you will have a story um, and you are loved, you are valued. Um, was, was it the same consistent message he gave you all these years or did it evolve over time? 
it evolved over time. Okay. So that was the start. Actually, that was just the start of the abuse, you know. Okay. Now, into your adulthood now, um, uh, you you say the abuse kind of continued into your early adult years? Yes, I'd say until I was about 34. 34. Gotcha. And, um, and, and, and we don't have to, we don't have to go into, into those in, in, in detail, but, um, um, were they through, um, well, different relationships, right. And, 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 um, different people that you've, you've, you've met along your journey. Yes. It, um, yeah. my, I, I, I'm so uncomfortable at home. I wanted to get out. I wanted to out of that yeah. house so badly. Right, right. So, um, I ended up pregnant at 17 years old. Mm. And I moved in with um, the father of my baby mm-hmm. and his family after my child was born. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we ended up married, had two more children. Mm-hmm. We were married for nine years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he abused me. And this was some abuse that was done in front of my children. Oh, my. And mm-hmm. it would be so bad that sometimes it would look like someone was slaughtered or something was slaughtered. You know, there would be just yeah. blood all over the floor and oh, the, my goodness. the refrigerator. Yeah. And he would have to take me to the hospital to get stitched or stapled up, you know, and Mm -hmm. I would, of course, lie and cover for him. Mm. I fell over threshold bringing groceries or I'm so clumsy. I tripped over my own foot going up down the stairs or something, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just things like that. So, um, we, I finally, uh, I, I left him. Gotcha. Um, I thought I got to try for a fresh start, and I joined the army. Believe it or not. Yeah. Um, but I got injured in the um basic training, so I didn't make it to graduation. Mm. And um, I met someone in physical therapy for in the army, mm-hmm. and we talked about Christianity. And spirituality, you know, when we really connected and he lived in upstate New York and I lived in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my home, I lived here all my life, except for when I went to the army. Right. But if, after I moved once, I moved a few more times throughout my life. Mm-hmm, but I could mm-hmm. never leave this hometown more than four and a half years or there's some kind of tragedy or trauma always brings me back home. I see. To family and friends. Yeah, yeah. But this gentleman, he was so kind-hearted. And he, there was just something about him. He, you know, just laid back. And I got out of it. Um, the army first and gave him my contact number and everything. We thought we'd stay in touch with each other. Right, right. Since we connected on a spiritual level. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went up, after he got out and contacted me, I went upstate to New York and visited. Mm-hmm. And I really loved it. It was so beautiful up there. Mm-hmm. The rivers and the mountains and all the wildlife. And right. Um, we we were just friends until the last night that I was supposed to go home the next day and he said I don't want you to leave you know I mm. really feel that there's a connection with us and I wish you would stay and I, I said you know I've got it I feel that too and so um, I decided to stay we went mm. home and we picked Back to Texas, and we picked up my children and my, my belongings. Right. I moved up to state New York. Mm-hmm. And four and a half years, um, it's still like a switch went off. It was just a stupid little 
argument over our dog being in heat. Right. And he hit me with a ceramic decorative dish over my head. Oh, my goodness. And my children were in bed, but they, of course, heard it. Right. And they came in the living room and to, I was laying on the floor in a puddle of blood. Hmm. They, I had my daughter call 911. And then the ambulance couldn't find us because we lived up in a foothill of a mountain. Our driveway was about a quarter of a mile long. And um, our neighbor had to go down to the end of the driveway with a flashlight, you know, and, and, yeah. and get the ambulance. Right, right. And I had met a friend up there, and she became my best friend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But she, and she did, she was my neighbor, but she moved to Vermont. And I, call, I told my daughter, I said, call Rochelle, tell her to come here. I was feeling unconscious, being pulled into unconsciousness. Yeah. But I fought it. And I, I, Rochelle pulls him. She, as soon as I seen her face, mm-hmm. I just lost consciousness. Mm-hmm. I, I knew my kids would be okay because right. she was there. Right, right. Come to find out, I had a fractured skull <sighs> and cerebral fluid leaking from my brain. Yeah, yeah. I was in the hospital for almost a month. Mm. But I woke up two days later in the hospital after the assault. Mm-hmm. And Rochelle was in my room. And she said, good morning, sunshine. And I said, where, where am I? She's like, in the hospital. I said, how long have I been out? She said, a little over two days. Mm. First thing I said was, where are my kids? Right, right. She said, they're at the preacher's family in his house. They're fine. They're fine. Good. Good. Wow. Um, Daisy, what uh, such, such trauma. I mean, and, and, and I wanted to ask you about a couple, a couple occurrences of a common theme that, um, that you, that you pointed out, right? Like, um, how your stepbrother mentioned to you, you know, if it wasn't for you, if, if, if you weren't alive, mom would be alive, mm-hmm. you know? And then, um, and then I think you talked later about, um, about blaming yourself and self blame, you know, again, or someone blaming you, um, you know, later, later in life. Um, and, and so I wanted to ask you, um, you didn't, you didn't blame yourself for these different and various incidents of abuse, have you? Um, it, it, I mean, your your walk with God and your faith being so strong. Um, uh, I, I'm wondering whether or not you looked at yourself. I mean, of course, you've asked, Lord. You know, I've I've walked with you. I I I, I do what you put on my heart you know, don't know why these things are happening to me, but you never, you never blamed yourself for the abuse that was happening to you. Did you? I did. Um, You did? Not not the, I mean, not for my husband. I didn't blame myself for that or or for this uh, fractured skull Mm -hmm. from the boyfriend. Um, but just for the rape and right. Than my, my, my brother mm. but um, I, I'm like you you know things have a reason God God has planned for us that's right and he planned this for me why he 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 wants something for you in the end yeah once you go through you have choices we do we always have choices and where, where where we go, what we do. We do. That's the free will, and I feel, in our my opinion, you know, for us to choose. 
exactly. And I just chose that wrong fork in the road sometimes, but he would say, Hey, get back over here. Get in your lane. Yeah. The Lord's with you all, all the way, whether you go left or go right in that fork in the road, you know, and, uh, and, and, and my goodness, being unconscious for two days, I mean, the Lord saw you through that, you know, um, absolutely tremendous. The Lord watched over your children and made sure that they were taken care of while you were in the hospital. You know, um, lots of, you know, uh, you've gone through so much with the with the abuse um, in, in, in different areas and capacities, Daisy. And, you know, as we as you go through this journey up and down, then comes where you are introduced with the diagnosis of MSA. Can you, can you like paint the picture for the listeners uh, so they can understand what you were going through after suffering all this abuse and then getting the news of this terminal diagnosis? How, how did that all happen? Well, first, after um, Victim's Advocacy helped mm-hmm. me get home from New York back to Texas. Oh, good, good. Okay. Um, I've had this friend since I, since I was five years old, and he's my husband now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he was the one I was meant to be with. He, I'm happily married. He's not abusive. We've been Good. together for 12 years. Beautiful. Wonderful. Uh, I mean, wait, I'm sorry. We've been together for 15 years. We've been married for 12 wow. years. Okay. Wonderful. So he's amazing. Eugene, he pops in and out of my story in my book. So. Okay. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, um, well, about, we, we moved to Corpus Christi for about four and a half years. Okay. And Hurricane Harvey destroyed our home. Mm-hmm. So we had to move back here. So probably about 2018, mm-hmm. I started uh, losing my balance or coordination. Mm-hmm. Um, I was falling a lot. Mm-hmm. I worked from home, so he would. I would have to call him. I would. I had fallen. I had busted my head. Or oh my! Yeah. And there were times that he was home. I had fallen and busted my head. Uh-huh. He'd have to take me to the emergency room, and I'm thinking, well, I probably think you're beating me up. All this, <laughs> you know, right? Yeah, staples and stitches. I'm I'm getting, but. Um, the doctors I went to see diagnosed me with Parkinson, mm. and they gave me carbidopa, which is you know Parkinson medicine, right? Which just made me sick, and it did not help me at all. So they said sent me to another doctor, and he told me that it was in my head; I was delusional. Mm. So he's uh, he referred me to a um, muscle. Uh, I'm sorry, movement disorder specialist. Okay. And the movement disorder specialist finally diagnosed me with MSP, multi-system atrophy, Parkinsonism. Mm, okay. So he put me on some more um, medicine that was for uh, Parkinson, but. Um, Actually, it's time release, so it's not so strong at one point where you're okay. so sick, your body can handle it. Right, right. And that helped me with the tremors and the shakes, but mm-hmm. my mobility, I totally pretty much lost it. And what MSA is, is um, it's a degenerative neurological disorder that affects your involuntary autonomic functions, you know, say like you're, you're breathing, um, you're walking, you really don't, mm-hmm. you know, when you walk, you don't have to think about walking, you just get up and walk, right? Right, right. So that mobility was first thing to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you're breathing, your circulatory system, digestive system, urinary system, mm-hmm. those things that you don't think about, those are what 
what it affects. Um, and there's two different types. There's MSAP and there's MSAC. MSAC is cerebellar. Um, I have MSAP, which was um, it includes Parkinsonism symptoms. Okay. So, I mean, it. The only, there's no cure for it because there's only four out of every 100,000 people in the United States that are diagnosed with it. Four out of every 100,000? One out of every. Oh, one out of. Oh, no, no, you're right. I have. That's it's, it's also messing with my mind. Oh, no, <laughs> no, I understand. Four I, out of every 100,000. Four sorry. out of every 100,000 people so that's a small number and it's rare and that the now i i know you mentioned there's no cure for it but did the doctors give any indication on what what are the causes they don't know because there's okay. not business you know they haven't been able to research it enough because yeah. of the small amount um i understand that was another unlucky card i drew unfortunately but I think that there's a, re I know, I believe there's a reason for that too. I mean, there's been times in my life so I didn't want to make it or I almost didn't make it. Mm -hmm. But this condition, it progresses to where you gradually, eventually lead to death. You know, you oh my just goodness. stop breathing. Yeah. Your circulatory system, um, your blood pressure fails, bottoms out. And they don't know a prognosis on... Five to seven years from onset of symptoms is what usual prognosis Five to seven years from onset. Oh, my dear Lord, Daisy. Um, so, so when you first got this diagnosis, um, what was going through your mind as far as how you were feeling? Um, were you... Um, was it, was it anger? Did you feel forsaken or, or, or were you, were you still, you know, inspired and motivated or, or, or was it something that you really didn't have much of a feeling for a little bit because you had to kind of process? Yeah, I think I was kind of numb, but it's, it's weird, but I was kind of relieved Okay. because I finally had an answer, you know? Yes, yes, you did. I mean, you went to a lot of doctors, and and one doctor, for lack of a better term, just blew you off and said it was in your head, right? And he, he only saw me one time in person and one time virtually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and blew me off, basically, as what, like you said. But yeah. I was frustrated without not knowing, and so it was kind of a relief to finally find out what is wrong with me. Is it in my head? You know, mm -hmm. my husband took it pretty hard, so I didn't have time. I was like numb, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Because my husband took it really hard, and I got you. Um, I just had a vision for God speaks to you, but He speaks to you in your heart. You yes, don't that's hear right. it. That's right. You don't hear it in your head. You don't hear it by your ear like I'm talking to you right now. Right. But God told me, along with this bright light, and I thought I was crazy at first, but mm -hmm. I know I know when God's talking to me because he's mm -hmm. done it. We've, we've, we've communicated off and on my, throughout my life. Yeah. He said, my child, your time is near, but you must tell your story from the beginning first mm. and mm -hmm. so I knew that story was everything I had been through because it could help and inspire other people to not go through those similar situations you know with the abuse right my, yeah. my other part is the create awareness for the MSA so there right. can be more research done and I'm, 
I've I've started so many fundraisers for MSA, defeatmsa.org. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, actually, I'm having what they call or some Janus with um, is, uh, stories that inspire us mm -hmm. is doing a Daisy Thon on November 19th live for three hours so that people can um, share their stories. There's going to be patients of MSA and caretakers of MSA that share their stories and their experience. Right. So we want to create awareness and I know that's what God wants me to do too. But so over time, as God was telling you, your time is near, but you must tell your story and you must um, raise awareness. Um, at first, you may not have known, okay, what does that look like? You know, how do I tell my story? How do I raise awareness? And then with the fundraisers and so forth, it's it, it sounds like it's slowly starting piece by piece to to you know to um, to take shape. That's exactly what's happening. Yes. Okay, and and so and so then, um, the 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 added part of telling your story, you know, to where you 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 had the opportunity of meeting Kurt Cameron. Can you share with us? Um, let's unfold how that how that happened, and sure. for your story to continue, you know, being told. To, to get yeah, well, the doctor had told me. Mm -hmm. to live life as full as I could day by day, mm -hmm. just take it day by day, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but do as much as I could because there was going to become a time that I unfortunately wouldn't be able to. Okay. So I was supposed to go to Vermont to see my friend. Mm -hmm. She got sick with COVID, so I couldn't go. Okay. Coming home from aquatic therapy, um, there was a, uh, there's a big church in our town and there was a sign on the marquee that said Kirk Cameron was coming into town. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I know that God put him in my path. So that sign, my, my husband asks me, do you want to go see Kirk since we can't go to Vermont and see your friend? And I was like, do I think that's a great idea? Yes, I'd love to. Yeah, yeah. So, um, he said, why don't you call your mom, see if she wants to go with you. And I did. She said, yes, she would be happy to go with me. Oh, that's great. So she's a nurse. Mm -hmm. she's, she didn't have time to go home and change her clothes. She was in her scrubs, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. pushing me around in my wheelchair like, you know, a little private nurse. And <laughs> I'm in VIP. We went VIP and, um. So we were down at the front row um, before the um, event starts. It's question and answer time. And I raise my hand and I put it down because I got too shy. I thought, oh, I can't, I can't see it. <laughs> and this man in the middle of the aisle, he raises his hand and Kurt says, yes, sir. He said, the lady down on the end there, she has a question for you. And Kirk looks at me, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so I asked him, first I said, you know, are you all going to have another Seavers reunion from the Seavers right. growing pains? Growing pains, yeah. He said, you know, we have actually talked about that, but <laughs> Alan Dick had just passed away, and so right. it would just be Joanna Kern, Jeremy Miller, and my, uh, Tracy Gold and myself. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I said, I got brave and I said, when I was a teenager, you were my heartthrob. <laughs> I had your posters plastered all over my room. Yeah. But I wrote you a letter and I mm -hmm. asked you for your autograph picture. And I gave you three months, and you didn't respond, so I tore every poster off my wall. Of <laughs> you. Oh. And he said, I'm so sorry. I, I'll promise to make that up to you tonight. So it's like, okay. So came picture time, and the man that did that raised his hand and, and asked mm -hmm. Kirk, 
he had another man come over to me and they asked me if they, if they could put my wheelchair on the stage. Okay. And I said, no, no. I'll just wait for carts to come down and I'll get my picture taken with him down here. And they said, well, we want to, but we want to put you on stage. Mm. So, so I said, okay. So they did. And um, came time for my picture to be taken with Kirk. And I said, can you help me stand for the picture? I don't want to be in my wheelchair. Right, right. And I gave him a, a bracelet that said, defeat him and stay on it. He says, is that what you have? And I said, yes. He said, I've never heard of it. And I said, well, it's, it's terminal. Mm-hmm. He said he would have to research that. So he kindly helped me out of my wheelchair for my picture. Mm-hmm. And then after the event, um, well, he said, well, I would like to talk to you some more about that after the event. Um, I asked the security guard if he could get Kirk to sign my, autograph my ticket. Yeah. And he said, yes, he wants to talk to you. So I'll go get him. And he came over there to me and he knelt down beside me. And he Mm -hmm. said, can I pray for you? I said, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then I told him what God had told me about, you know, sharing my story with the world. Yeah, yeah. He said, how do you plan to do it? And I said, I don't really know. And he said, I think you should write a book. Mm-hmm. I said, but I've never written anything but a poem in my whole life. I don't know how to write. He said, you don't have to. God will write your story. You just pray for him and he'll give you the words mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to write. So that's what happened. The next day I started my book. Mm-hmm. That was last October. In January I was finished. Kurt gave me his email address and he told me to keep him updated. When I finished it in January I sent him the manuscript because he asked me to send him to send it to him mm-hmm. and he wrote me a forward to uh, put in my books when I published it wow absolutely tremendous I mean he is such a down-to-earth heartwarming heartfelt compassionate um, man of Christ he's you know? amazing he's so genuine yeah. And true to his word and yes God God put God put him in your path he certainly did um and 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 you know if if I can ask if you don't mind Daisy could could you maybe um, read us maybe a couple sentences of his forward if you can oh I would be more than happy to it's oh, still great. even though this is been almost 11 months ago it still makes me cry when I read mm. his forward mm-hmm. um, it was an autumn night in Texas when I first met Daisy she came to me in a wheelchair at the campfire her smile was bright She shared her journey with me and told me she did not have much time left on earth. I told her to write down her story and I will do anything I could to help her share it with the world. Mm. I only spoke with her briefly that night, but her attitude and resilient spirit inspired me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's more. That's, that's, That's one paragraph. That's amazing. Um, How about a couple more sentences? Okay, you got it. (laughs) (laughs) I hope this book of an individual's incredible journey through emotional, physical, and spiritual pain Mm -hmm. and coming through the other side of tragedy, still praising the Lord, will encourage you in your present situation. Daisy's message will bring you comfort and remind you that you are not alone in your struggles or your life circumstances. I pray her words give you hope. There's one who knows the plans he has for you, plans he 
plans to give you and hope in a future. Wait, I'm sorry, I, I missed that bit. He plans he has plans to give you hope and a future. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh wow, um, that that is absolutely um, beautiful. And uh, and like 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 you said, you know, God put him in your path to help share your story and tell it to the world. And and just just as God giving you the words to write in your book, right? I prayed every morning before I started writing mm -hmm. on my laptop, you know, for him to give right. me the words. And those words just flew out of me, mm -hmm. and I wrote them. And I devoted about two to three hours a day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And by January, I had that book written. It's amazing. I had my daughter paint the cover so the cover is oh, it's beautiful look at that daughter. yeah and your daughter painted that she for the did. cover that is beautiful daisy oh my goodness yeah her name is lana faith lana faith and beautiful you say name. it really fast lana faith lana faith beautiful name There's beautiful name barricade the, mm -hmm. in my life mm -hmm. and the windy roads mm -hmm. that I had mountains that I had to go over yes broken bridge but I finally get I'm going to get up here to be with God up in heaven above every part of that painting represents your journey as a whole it you know? does it, 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 it really does and so, Daisy, I just have a couple more questions for you. But uh, if you can wrap your the message of your book and the message of your journey, if you could wrap that into one sentence for the world, what would that sentence be? Don't take life for granted. Don't take life for granted. Now, would that also be, if I were to ask you, if you had any advice for the listeners on this show, what would that advice be? Would it be the same or would it be something additional? It would, but it's more than that. You know, mm -hmm. don't take the little things even for granted, like brushing mm -hmm. your teeth, walking, um, washing your, yourself, your hair. Right. Um, the simple him. pleasures. Yeah, thank him every day for those basic necessities that you can and have to do mm -hmm. in order to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can't do those things anymore. My husband is there and he had to quit his job last September. Mm. Um, he's I'm 100% reliable on him. I have to depend on him to do everything for me mm. as far as even cutting my food up. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. So, but but you stand strong with your faith, you and your husband. Well, and... that's, that's the other thing. He does it. Oh, and I'm I trying see. so hard. And I'm seeing God, you know, since I wrote the book, open up doors and show me things. Yeah. Like my brother's been indicted for sexual misconduct mm -hmm. against his youth group. Mm. My husband is angry with God. He, I see. His he lost his mom in 2016, mm -hmm. and we sorry. prayed about it. But he said God didn't answer his prayer. I said God answers our prayers. He answered our prayer about your mom. She is better she's in heaven where she has eternal life and no pain and no much suffering better place anymore. yes no pain or suffering absolutely and that's absolutely. where i'm going i know that i'm gonna be healed and it's gonna be in heaven yeah you know um i have to i have to mention this uh daisy um as as what you said made me think of think of um on my own journey okay um, I lost my father in 2006, so that was a while back. And um, at the start of the uh, 
funeral service, you know, the uh, the pastor, um, the first thing he said, the first thing he said when he got um, to the to the to the lectern is, "Today is a sad day for us." And then his next sentence, he said, "But today is a happy day." for Aubrey Johnson Sr. And it made so much sense to me. Yes, it's a sad day for us. We we miss him. We love him, you know. But a happy day, a happy day for him, for he's in a better place. No more pain, no more suffering. He had pulmonary fibrosis, which, um, um, which the air pockets in the lungs uh, start to scar and then they collapse and they don't they don't come back and it, it takes your breath away day by day and just eats away at your lung air pockets until you have no lung capacity anymore it is and I'm so, so it's like a slow smothering you know to death but you know what he's there right now breathing running, uh, just, just, just moving all around, enjoying the, the environment and all the space around him, um, you know, with full breaths in and out, no longer in pain, no longer struggling for breath, you know? And so, so it, it meant a lot when I heard the pastor say, it's a sad day for us, but a happy day for him. And what you said earlier just reminded me of that. So I, I, I want to thank you for, for sharing, being transparent and sharing, you know, sharing that, you know, about you knowing that, you know, you will be there in that part of the picture in your daughter's painting on the cover of your book. Well, you I know. know that because I also have had visions of heaven mm -hmm. since my book has been out. Mm -hmm. I've written a second book. Um, oh, wonderful. I'm on, well, I haven't written, I'm almost done. I was, I thought I was done with it, but I said, no, I got mm -hmm. to keep going. It's called Beyond Heaven's Gates. Beautiful title. Beautiful title. I would love to have you on the show once you have the book done to chat more about the book, if you're willing. I would be happy to. I think God wants me to share this mm -hmm. visions of heaven that I have because people are losing faith in God. They are, yeah. And this world is becoming a terrible place. My father was murdered when I was 20 years old, so I don't have a mother or a father. But mm -hmm. in these visions, I've seen both. Yes. My mother and my father. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And all of my relatives and family and friends. Um, my friend Rochelle unfortunately passed away three days after this book was released. Well, Rochelle, yeah, yeah. In Vermont, but I was going to go see it that caught yeah. COVID. Mm. Um, and I saw her in heaven, and I said my book is out and she said i know i oh, saw it that's beautiful. She, she couldn't wait to read it she said mm -hmm. she she knew everything about the book because she was there and she could see it so wow that's absolutely i mean it's beautiful and it's true those visions that you see are true you know they are they I are believe. they are true now we may not see them physically in the physical realm Right, just like you can see the lamp or the table in your room, you know. But but you see it in your mind's eye, you see it in your heart, and you feel it because you know it's there. So, um, I, I, and I, I can I, walk in those dreams. That yes, I feel no pain. No pain. No pain. And I, they have got some amazing food up there. Yes, food is always good. Yep. Yep. There's not just, a bad meal up there. And it's just for pleasure. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's right. And, and so, Daisy, if if you were to, if I were to ask you to reflect 
right? Look into that um, that mortal mirror of, of your life and what you've gone through. Um, if you were to sum up your reflection of your journey and path in a sentence that um, that would pretty much explain it all, I want to ask you, Daisy, what is your road to rediscovery? In one word? Or a sentence. My road to rediscovery is that I have faith and I feel at peace and that I know I'm going to be with the Lord, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. Wonderful. I don't, I don't, I'm not scared anymore. I was scared at first. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But after each dream, mm -hmm. I got more and more peace. And I feel so at peace and I can't wait. I'm, I've got, I've, I've gone to so far that I've, planned my celebration of life so my family don't have that burden when i'm gone oh that's so good that's so good and 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 you know what to make that progress in planning your celebration of life with your family um i i think in order to get to that point you have to be at peace you have to accept right? it you have to accept it and be at peace with it so that you can do things like prepare for you know a celebration of life you know and, and like like you said the family won't feel like they have that burden on them they know exactly what to do when it happens and so forth and how you want to be celebrated they heard it directly from your words and so my I daughter's can't... my caretaker four days a week so she uh -huh. and i have been talking about it and my, this is my oldest daughter and dividend up who's getting what you know yeah, and yeah my i've done my advanced directives mm -hmm, mm -hmm. no dnr no yeah my power of attorney yep. you know, all that i'm getting my ducks in a row so to speak so yeah. that the yeah. family doesn't have to and i'm donating my brain you are science for msa research yes yes that is tremendous and 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 yeah that is tremendous and i feel the lord has blessed you with not just the opportunity to get your ducks in a row and to be at peace and to work with your family on the celebration of life and the power of attorney of attorney but um but but has um has put you in a place to where you are at peace so you can do this, you know? Um, um, yeah. Uh, and all praise be to God for putting you in that position to tell your story, to be at peace and to, to, to do these um, um, preparatory things, you know, to, to prepare and, um, and donating your brain for the research of MSA is tremendous absolutely tremendous daisy and it, it, it makes me want to ask you know how can the listeners um get a copy of your book learn about your journey through the book okay and also if they wish to uh donate and contribute to the research of msa i'll start with donating because i think that's the mo most important thing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um that would be to go to um defeatmsa.org okay forward slash donate hyphen to okay. to hyphen us us gotcha slash okay how you can purchase my book is a kind of a lengthy um <laughs> link yeah and i think i got that link um from what you sent me earlier um from it, uh bookstores book details Yes, Ex Libris. Ex Libris, okay. And uh I and, and the book titles in there as well towards the end, right? Unexpected yes. moments. Yes. Okay. Or you can go to unexpected moments.com. Okay. There's a link there, but also on my Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um I have the link there too. Okay. 
on my about me. Fantastic. So we're going to put three links in the episode show notes for the listeners. Okay. Um, the link to donate to MSA, to the research for MSA, so that doctors can find, you know, um, what the cause is for this and, and, and hopefully work real hard to develop a treatment, to develop um, a cure for MSA. MSA. We'll have that link in the episode show notes. We'll also have a link um, to purchase the book, uh, as well as a link to your Facebook page where they can also, um, you know, access uh, a, a copy of the book as well to purchase. Um, so we'll make sure, Daisy, and have all three of those links in the episode show notes. So um, I'd just like to add, you know, you mm-hmm. can buy it at Amazon or Walmart.com. Um, okay. But if you purchase it through its Libris or my website, I do get more proceeds, and I'm donating proceeds to um, also to MSA. Gotcha, gotcha. So you heard it here, listeners, um, directly from Daisy. Uh, you can also get it from Amazon and Walmart.com, but if you purchase the book from her website or from Exlibris.com, then um, there'll be proceeds that will be going directly to the research for MSA. So, um, so we want to make sure that that's clearly stated in the episode show episode show notes. And um, with that, Daisy Page, um, it has truly been an honor and pleasure having you on the show. I truly hope that we can stay in touch and uh, talk in the near future about your next book when it's ready. Um, God bless you, Daisy. God bless your strength. God bless your message, um, which I have no doubt has been heard loud and clear on the road to rediscovery with the listeners and the world. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Daisy. Thank you for having me, Aubrey. I really thank you so much. Oh, the pleasure was ours. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening. And hey, look, if you have a loved one, a friend, a coworker, um, a neighbor um, who seems to be just going through dark days of despair, falling into bad habits, um, seem to be at the end of their rope, not sure where to go or who to turn to. I humbly ask that you please share this show with them because on the road to rediscovery, we want our listeners to know two things. Number one, you're not alone. And number two, there is always, always hope. The Road to Rediscovery, it's a movement, a revolution. And guess what? You are now part of it. We're all journeys. We're all we're all roadies on this journey of life. And it sure feels good having you on the road with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll chat again soon. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of The Road to Rediscovery. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email at roadsrediscoverypodcast at gmail.com and leave us any questions or comments you may have. The Roads Rediscovery is an AJ Shark production. 